Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 18 and we are venturing for Antarctica, the white continent. I really think you're going to love today. And again, I'm actually just going to break it up because there's too much in it and it's too amazing. And we just need to just get into the nitty gritty on it because I really feel it's a place that needs to be shared with others so that you can experience the bliss and beauty that is um, our white continent. So a little uh, note from me to begin. I am actually recording outside today. Uh, The weather is glorious and I just thought it's too nice like it's too nice to be inside so why not take my work outside so if you hear birds if you hear hens if you hear ducks if you hear the buzzing bees um or anything else oh excuse me the bird (laughs) A, a hen has just flew onto the arm chair the arm of the chair so um today will be fun um today is going to be fun and i am currently rubbing the back of his neck off he goes again so look i know it's a little bit of a distraction but i also think that me and part of my purpose for bringing nature to people and connecting human well like all of us you know humanity back to our natural kind of place and rhythm and connecting back to nature and protecting it like I I just it's just a perfect combination right so if there is a little bit of distraction I hope it's okay for you and I hope you can listen in on the bird calls and fully get what I'm saying as well so uh, as always I'll just begin and say a thank you to my patrons this week I had a new patron Anna and I'm so 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 grateful that you have come on board to help me like you know to support my mission and to support this podcast and if you would like to see my message and my work grow and continue and would like to give back if you are getting something from this I would so so appreciate it and Patreon is the way of supporting my work. So thank you, Anna. And let's get going on our adventures. Also, a little small note, um, besides the hen pecking at my foot right now, um, just before I sat down, I could hear the buzzing in the tree. And last year, I would have heard that buzzing again. There's There's loads of sycamore trees around me here and actually loads in the forest behind the farm as well. And last year when I heard that buzzing, I was like, is there like a hive in the tree? But now, after taking part in um, some beekeeping sessions, I've realised that actually, no, the, the bees are actually up there on the flowering sycamore tree. And yeah, I've just been learning so much about bees. And it's mad because last year, obviously, I was working in the garden as well. 
and in the tunnel and I could hear that buzzing and I just thought oh like I can't see the bees but I can hear them but now just before I sat down I stood right under the tree and I just stared up for ages and I was like where are they like where are the bees because I can hear them and it's really loud like I'm not sure if you can get it here now but it's like this hum but it's very loud and now just as I paid attention and just was mindful and, and knowing that they are in there on the flowers like I looked up and I was like wow so class there's bloody hundreds of them in there so that's just a little note for me if you are around sycamore trees go under the tree look up look at the flowers and watch the bees um incredible absolutely incredible so it just goes to show when we take a moment and know that they're there, we can see them. Um, yeah, and also the ducks. The ducks are coming up now to me. Um, but yeah, just a funny scenario, guys. But I hope you enjoy the recording outdoors. And if you like it, let me know <laughs> and we'll do more. Uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't come outside to record in like February or March because you know like you don't want to get your laptop wet either but I think it's amazing um, to have the nature come to our screens because we are a screen dominated culture at the moment and we need to get back to nature and understand it so yeah so let's get going guys so as you know I was in Ushuaia Argentina this was in March 2019 and I had been watching the boats for Antarctica I finally got my ticket in a local tour operators. I had been wandering the streets for a few days, kind of to and froing about the best deal, like am I making the right decision and just, yeah, preparing myself to go. And, you know, I sat at the harbour one day and I was like, oh, you know, and I knew as well, like the last boats were going down, like it was March, you know, we were heading, summer months were ending in Antarctica. And I just thought, I wonder would like a captain of a ship, you know, could could we get married? <laughs> but no, no, you just have to fork out the money, you know. And I knew I could have travelled a really long time. But as you know, like that wasn't the purpose of my trip. Um, I was there to explore our beautiful planet and its wild places and, and now to share that with you. So I just thought, let's spend the money and go there and just have a ball. So my main thing was when I was deciding on the trip, um, I wanted to see icebergs. I wanted to see glaciers. I wanted to see, you know, the, the, the peninsula, the continent. I wanted to see wildlife, penguins, all sorts of penguins. So my journey actually was, um, uh, that was the deciding factor, all of those bits. Um, so I actually took a voyage that would stop in South Georgia and the Shetland Islands. And I'm so glad I did it that way because there was other journeys as well where you would go to like the the circle and you would hit a certain like uh, degrees at the end of the world. And that would like, you know, it's like crossing the, the polar circle. And I kind of thought, you know, for me, wildlife is such a big thing. So I was like, I'll combine my voyage with South Georgia. So I went for just under three weeks on the ship. And uh, like, it was just amazing. An incredible journey and moving in, in more ways than one. 
you know, uh, we would get up every morning at, you know, 6, 6.30 a.m. The expedition leader would come in and on intercom. We all had intercoms in every berth, every cabin, and they would give us the plan of the day dependent on the weather and where we would visit, which maybe there was an island, maybe there was a base station, a scientific base station we would visit. Maybe they, we would go Zodiac cruising, um, you know, to spot whales or to kind of go iceberg observing. Um, and yeah, absolutely incredible experience. So I remember going off that day and I was walking to the port and I remember I was sending like a voice message, a video actually to my sister. And I was like, I'm going to Antarctica. Oh my God, I'm going to Antarctica. Nobody, nobody knew again. Here is me planning my journeys without anybody knowing. And I was telling my sister and I was like, I'm actually really nervous because like I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect. Like, you know, I was like, am I going to freeze? Like, like, what does it look like? Like, how will I be? What kind of clothes? I think the biggest thing was the worrying about the cold and the clothes. Because when you see pictures, you're like, oh, God, like it's freezing down there. But as always, the mind makes it out to be something, you know, scarier than it actually is. It was perfectly fine and the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. So one of the first places we visited was the Chinese base station. And a lot of our ship actually had um, a good it was kind of like a Chinese tour tour group. So there might have been like 80 or so from China and then maybe like 20 or so kind of backpackers or just travellers really. Um, so it was a nice mix. And then like what kind of went on board? We had like lectures every day, workshops, you know, we had tea time, we had cakes, we had the most amazing staff in the kitchen. There was a gym, there was a sauna, there was, there was a pool, I think, but it was actually empty. <laughs> Not that I was wanting to go swimming, although I actually did swim down there in Antarctica. We jumped into the water, but I'll get to that in a minute. Mad, madness in a bikini, would you believe it? Madness. But um, yeah, it was just like an incredible experience and, you know, getting up in the morning and, and opening the berth, the, the portal, the, the, the curtain, um, just looking out and seeing icebergs, I was like, I had to pinch myself over and over and over again. And like, as it much as much as it was amazing, it was also like a little bit overwhelming because it was like, this is like once in a lifetime, you know, and the energy on the boat is super high. And it's like you're in this really remote, desolate place, um, kind of nothingness, but also everything, if you get me. So it was incredibly moving and emotional, emotional, I would say, you know, I, there was times I sat in my bed kind of in silence, like wondering what on earth, um, what a journey I had been on that year. And, you know, I had been on the road, like that was March. I'd been on the road since the previous May, you know, I had left home. and, And at that point I was like, oh my God, I'm like thousands and thousands of miles from my residence from my birthplace you know and I was at the end of the world and it was actually just 
it was amazing. It was crazy, but it was so moving internally. And at times, like I did have to take a lot of breaks to kind of fully understand and incorporate all the emotions I was going through because it was like so many dreams of mine were coming through all at once, you know, like seeing the whales outside and and the blowhole and just the tail flukes and like massive marine creatures just next to the ship and like just learning about all the explorers who had gone down there and the penguins like seeing all the penguin species that I had looked at for years as a child and you know it's just you know when you dream of something really big like that and then it's all coming true all at once it's just like wow 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 and you you need a lot of space and time to kind of fully understand that and, and digest it all so like even when I came off the ship like those after the three weeks like I was still like for days like wow like my mind would never it's like I'd never be the same again or something. I don't know, you know, after seeing it. Um, because it is a really, really special place. So, as I said, we had the majority on board from China. So our captain said if we crossed the Drake Passage quickly, we could visit the scientific base station for China. So in Antarctica, you have like an Antarctic treaty where there are a few countries who have stations down there. One of them is China. And then you have Argentina, you have the United States, Russia, you know, places like that. So we crossed the Drake Passage. Um, you can look it up on Ecosia. <laughs> I'm not saying Google anymore. Ecosia, OK, because that's for planting trees, a search engine. Um, so we crossed the Drake Passage, meant to be one of the toughest passages in the world to get across. You know, pe people sail it like, I'm like, are you mad? It's pretty rough, like, but we had kind of calm seas on the way down. Um, so we passed it fairly quickly. Uh, I don't know, were we about two days or something? Well, you know, leaving the mainland of Argentina, Ushuaia, and I was looking back at Ushuaia, like in the mountains and the snow-capped peaks, and I was like, oh... Bye, land. See you at another time. And you don't know if you're coming back or not, you know. Because um, to be honest, guys, like, you know, in your mind as well, you never know what can happen, you know. You leave, you leave the mainland and you cross this passage for, you know, two, three days. Like, that's, that's a long time in a ship. That's a lot of nautical miles. And we eventually ended up at the Chinese base station. We got on the Zodiac. So you get on the Zodiac from the main ship and you'd get the boat the little speedboat out to the island and from there we got to observe a little museum we got to get stamps we got to um, see the kind of four-wheeled drives that they use to get around on the kind of rough terrain there we also got to go around and kind of observe the wildlife in that area so there was like we actually got to view a seal rip the head off a penguin <laughs> I know that's nature at its best but like at the time we were like whoa 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 get the cameras it was incredible like to see a seal come up and just viciously grab the penguin and like some of the photographers there and you know some of the guides were like holy moly like you know this you know you don't get this sight often like you know it's crazy watch 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 yes yeah, so it was amazing so that's what we did there. That evening we went back to the ship. Um, it was incredible. 
and we saw like one penguin on land at the Chinese base station and we were all like oh my god look at the penguin little did we know about two weeks later we'd be arriving in you know South Georgia and be witnessing a colony of 300,000 do you know what I mean so like imagine we saw one and we were all like glorified we were like take a picture take a picture and then three weeks later we were like like we could barely land on the beach front there was just too many penguins like you'd actually have to move them out the way and again it's like the Galapagos I know I haven't talked about the Galapagos yet but like it's like they're how they're immersed with nature and it's like a symbiotic relationship so it's very like you know you respect nature nature respects you and like there's no like running after penguins or seals or any of that like you stay still you relax you rest and the nature comes to you you know and that's how it works really um it's funny it's like me here I'm recording now and I have one hen pecking my leg and one pecking my foot and one then comes up on the armchair and I really believe that about you know wildlife like we shouldn't disturb them but if they want to come over and have a little curiosity about you you know let them and let them see what you are because essentially we're all species on this beautiful planet of ours and we're all a little bit curious you know that's the yeah that's the beauty of life staying curious um so yeah so that was the Chinese base station the next day then we stopped at another island where there was a penguin colony and some local seals some fur seals but that actually that um outing we had that day had to be like kind of abandoned because we were going out in groups onto because we were kind of you know a good number on board we kind of had to split between groups of a and b kind of like the first half of the boat would go out the first half of the day and the second half second half so we take turns you know and then when you'd get off the ship you'd have a little card like an identity card and you'd scan it and you'd scan it back when you get back in so like you know you wouldn't be lost or anything like that and we also had um wildlife seminars where we would have to sign so we would have to clean our gear so we would have everything kind of um cleaned with special like kind of vacuums and um uh, cleaning kind of product i can't remember what it was now and then when we come in and out of the ship as well we'd have to like clean our boots and all that sort of stuff so we weren't bringing anything uh, exterior or from the mainland onto this beautiful pristine environment so we took all of those precautions and we did have a, a seminar where we would learn about the, the the flora and fauna and how not to disrupt it so that's so important when you go down there um so the next departure we had was on a small little island and it ended up being abandoned because half of us got out of the ship, right? And then all of a sudden the weather turned and you're talking about, you know, like you're gone past the southern, you're down in the southern ocean, you're down way below, like and the wind and the, the, the climate can just boom, change. And then you're like, you know, that's why you need all the good gear. So essentially we were told like the mission was aborted so like I got to go around I got to visit penguin colony like chin straps and stuff like that chin strap penguin and some fur seals and at the end of it like the snow and the wind started to come in and like you know like you could barely see out your eyes like I had glasses on and sure like glasses are essential there because there's so much ice cover so your eyes would actually kind of nearly burn at times um and like yeah just a reflection of it so 
we they were like, look, we need to go back, we need to go back. Everybody needs to get back on board. So we were like, okay, okay. So they were like, every they were calm, you know, and they were like, we need to get everyone back on board. We need to get everyone back in the zodiacs because the um, the swell started changing as well, and like everything was getting a bit kind of all over the place. So they were like, everybody back in the zodiacs, queue up, get ready. We're going back to the mothership. So we had a little bit of time, got some pictures. I lid in the ground, <laughs> hugged the ground. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm I'm on I'm on like you know. I'm on ground. I'm on. I'm on ground in the white continent. Amazing. Um, so we all got back into the boats. The, like the zodiac boats were like literally like up and down in the water, swerving. There was water coming into the boat. There was splashing. They were like mission aborted, mission aborted. Uh, we got back to the ship then, and like we were trying to get up uh, through. You know, like there's like a lower kind of door at the base of the ship. And like that was opened out with like a stairs and you'd have to kind of gently kind of get overboard and there'd be two kind of men then like security kind of doormen, they'd help you up. But like the way the waves had come on, like the the zodiacs were like, like kind of flying up into the air, kind of like splashing up against the side of the ship. And like when you'd kind of jump to go off, they'd be like, okay, three, two, one, and you'd have to kind of like jump up because the swell was just kind of going in and out and in and out and the water was going everywhere and like you could barely see with the snow and it was just, yeah, it was crazy. But we did all eventually get back on board and it was a learning experience for everybody because they were saying perhaps we shouldn't have gone out that day, but it was still great fun. Like I loved it. And the weather was insane, like to experience that because some days then we went out and it was just bliss, serene, you know, actually quite hot. It felt hot, like it was a couple of degrees, like one degrees, two degrees. And yeah, so it was amazing to experience both ends of the spectrum weather-wise. So as I said, we would kind of have a plan of the day in the morning. The intercom would come on, our leader would come on, he would tell us the kind of plan of the day, about half six in the morning, go up for breakfast, have a gorgeous buffet breakfast. And I can tell you something I definitely gained kilos down there and so did everybody else because like, you know, I'd been backpacking for such a long time and then like, yeah, I was 10 months on the road, yeah. And then like you're, you pay like a big chunk of money and you go down there and there's like this buffet, like sushi, you know, ice cream, every dessert you can think of and like, oh, I just want to say actually a massive thank you as well to the staff on the ship because like they were unbelievable. I made so many friends. Like I used to be like going up to the kitchen just chatting with the lads up there. They were so nice. There was lads from Nicaragua. There was load of um, lovely, lovely staff who were cleaning the bedroom and the gym from the Philippines. And like I got chatting with them. I was chatting all about the Philippines and how I love the Philippines so much. Uh, they were just so lovely and like they used to put chocolates on my bed at night and they used to like make um, lovely creatures out of the um, uh, the the little towels kind of in the bedroom and it was just lovely it was lovely to be treated actually because you know when you're living on the road for so long you know it makes you so grateful it makes you so grateful when you experience discomfort all the time <laughs> And I always say that, like, I don't believe our species, you know, I don't believe comfort has benefited humanity in the way we think it has. You know, the the level of comfort we have actually on the planet is at its best since since humanity, you know, came on this earth. And, and we are probably the most unhappy, like, since since we, you know, came came here. 
and it's crazy because we have so much comfort you know we're actually like so safe and we've all the food we could imagine well you know uh, on a scale like in the western world like I know there are third world and developing and all of that but on the whole the majority have enough food there is so much food here there's so much you know safety like there's no wars right now um I'm not saying for everywhere I'm just saying um on the whole like we're living in a very we're not like in survival mode struggling to forage berries to survive or famines you know and 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 it's crazy because you look at how we live then and there's so many people in disease and illies and and yeah and I believe that it all just comes back to our connection to nature and that we've kind of lost that you know um so yeah because I've lived both ways you know I've lived that not high end but I've lived in the comfort and the luxury and the five stars and all that and you know it's nice to experience it is lovely but for me this living and me being outside now surrounded by trees and all my animals and giving back to the earth every day it's just you know and swimming every day in the beautiful blue sea like just fills my soul so much and more than any product you could ever buy you know it just doesn't work and I'm hoping by me sharing this and my story that maybe you can see that light as well that you know it is possible to experience joy and happiness and bliss when you remove all of the the consumerist uh, culture you know so yeah like that was kind of it really on the ship I, I just kind of made loads of friends with all these lovely people and again it was just it was really nice to be treated and like to experience again kind of like a sauna and gym and having you know beautiful artwork on your bed every night and chocolates and champagne and those kind of things you know it was actually lovely and it's really nice to experience that every now and again um and I really appreciated it you know because a lot of the time when you're traveling when you're if you're really raw backpacking you know like you know, there was weeks there, like I ate rice and tuna and all of that. And you might think that's mad, but like to really, when you really backpack and you go out and you live like, um, like in a, ba in a basic way, like you have to kind of get on board with the basic living and it teaches you a lot, you know. Like now when I grow all my veggies and I have so much variety and diversity, I'm so grateful for that. And I know that I'm not eating rice and tuna for weeks on end <laughs> or bananas. Oh my God, bananas. So many bananas in South America. But yeah, but that was just to say thank you to the guys on board the ship. They were amazing staff and just, I, I admire them because they would spend like, you know, seven, eight months at sea without access to their families or... You know, it's tough going, like, really tough going. And, and we have a lot of opportunity and choice. And in some countries, like, it's harder for work. You have to really sacrifice a lot. So, yeah, that's just my gratitude to the lovely, lovely staff that were there. So another place we went to was called Sierra Cove. And here we went zodiac cruising. We saw loads of whales. And we got to observe loads of iceberg structures, really potent blue and turquoise. And 
petrol kind of coloured blue and just incredible. Like so we were learning all about the icebergs and the tabular shapes and just all different shapes and like crevices and concave and like just crazy, crazy cool and amazing and we got to see like some arches and some of them even looked like these castles and you could imagine like somebody living in there. It was just like, it was like an artist had formed them. They were so stunning. And we kind of went up on our little boat and, and was outside it, observing it and just taking it in. And, and then next thing, like a whale would just come up and it'd be just, it'd glide through the water and... And oh, just like... Oh. I can't speak when I think about it. I'm just like, oh my God. Amazing. And our guides were really knowledgeable and it was so cool to learn about all the structures and, and then just going through the water and all the broken ice and just such a raw, untouched landscape, you know. Amazing. Um, we also then visited uh, another penguin colony and we got to go off onto the island and this was around Sierra Cove as well and they, it was just so cool like to meet all the little penguins and we got to witness old kind of ship ruins, wooden boat you know uh, where they would have been doing a lot of whaling and also they had a lot of whale bones on the island as well um, so really interesting and, and super cool like to stand next to like imagine the size of a whale like you know could be like 15 meters or whatever whatever species it was but like standing next to it and looking at the rib cage the bone structure and being like whoa like like I just feel so tiny next to it amazing and then just, yeah, just going around and seeing other base stations. And then we also visited the um, Primavera base station for Argentina. And it had like red, these kind of red huts amidst the crystal clear white icebergs. And it was just so cool. And then you could see all the penguins on the rocks out front. And like there was actually two people up there at the time. And I was like, oh my God, can you see the people? So obviously it was the end, it was summertime. So like, you know, people are down, a lot A lot more people will be in their summertime rather than the wintertime in Antarctica doing work. Um, so that was super cool as well. One of the guides was like, oh my God, I've never seen people here. And I was like, oh my God, you see them? Super cool, super cool. And um, yeah, we visited another place called Hydruga Rocks. Um, so more penguins there. So I got to see like... Um, you know, the Gentoo penguin, the chin strap, the macaroni. The macaroni is so cool. Seriously, like the macaroni. Look at look at that online. Oh my god, it's so cute. And of course the king penguin, which um if you've seen my online kind of posts and that, uh, the king penguin is the one with the yellow and is so cute. And it's like up to your hip, like really big and super cute. And they're all over South Georgia, all over it. So yeah, and we also, madness, absolute madness, I actually swam in the water there, uh, a good few actually did off the ship, so we swam in a place called Mickelson Harbour, and the water, the water was recorded at one degrees, 
Um, so I got into my bikini. I was like freaking out. I was like, do I really want to do this? Like, am I mad? And then I was like, come on, Kate, you're well able. <laughs> so I got into my bikini down uh, down the stairs, down to the very base of the ship. And we got ready to jump into the water. We queued up. I had my gown on. Um, and then we got tied to a rope. So they tied a rope around our kind of stomach area then there was like a photographer on the top of the ship looking down and they were just like three two one boom I jumped in and the last time I had jumped into water had been up in the Caribbean and sure like I was like woohoo let's go let's do like a ball you know where you jump up and you jump into like a ball so that's what I did and they were like, "Why you're the, like? Why are you?" Sm-? They were like, "You're smiling so much. It's so funny." Like I was just smiling away, like, "Oh, so excited!" And like the minute I hit the water, it was like boom, frozen. Like my mind had stopped. Like I got a massive shock. I eventually came up to the surface, and my face—it was like my whole brain stopped working, you know. And I was like, "What the hell? Like, where am I? What am I doing?" Like I, I had no reaction. I'd no, I'd no reaction. Like I was like waiting for a response from my body, and and the lads were just like, "Grab the rope, grab the rope if you need to," and I was like, almost like slow, like I was just staring at them. And then I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and then I just like kind of swam back, and the two lads then on the edge of the boat, like in their bloody winter gear and their Halle Hansen big huge coats, and they helped me up. Then when I got over to the steps again. <sighs> But God almighty, I froze. And then they gave me a shot of vodka when I got back on the ship. And like, not that that actually helped me. And, you know, I got my polar plunge certificate to show that I had dived into the water. Um, And yeah, straight up to the bedroom then into a boiling hot shower. And yeah, it was just so funny. I'm so glad I did though. I'm so proud of myself for doing it because it wasn't an easy task, you know, but definitely worth it. But I didn't even think like of like, you know, if there was any kind of deadly seals in there, leopard seals or whatever, like would they come over and they might take a chunk off me or something. You know, they might be hungry. (laughs) But no, it was fine. Perfectly safe. And got back on board. It was perfect. I had dinner that night. We had karaoke. And at night time as well on the ship, we had loads of fun and games. And, you know, we'd make up dances together, like all the kind of backpackers and... A lot of the nights then I would treat myself and I'd maybe do some yoga. Then I might go to the sauna. And then like I'd do this thing in the sauna where I'd go in for like a minute or five, ten minutes. And then I'd come out and I'd look up at the stars of the Southern Ocean and just be like, where, like what is going on? Like I'm just so grateful for this experience. And just to fully appreciate it and to be present because it's not every day that that would happen, you know. And just a glorious memory. Um, yeah constantly was pinching myself like this is incredible Uh, and you can imagine the stars down there and the constellations and everything Uh, just blown away absolutely blown away and just the luxury of it as well like there was a Viking lounge I was like well hey I'm I'm at home here now in my Viking lounge it was kind of funny and yeah then at night then we'd have like uh, at one night then I went up to the top bar Uh, it was a piano lounge and one of the local, one of the staff there actually, he was from Taiwan. He was so nice and he sat down and he played the piano and then the actual director on the ship, he was from, um, I think he was from Belfast. But he was very, very, very nice to me. 
so nice to me. And I was sitting down just comfortably, just taking it all in in the lounge and listening to the piano and listening to the waves hit the side of the ship and just appreciating every single moment and taking in what happened that day and writing in my diary. And I just, like, amazing. And and he, he the girl at the lounge bar came down to me with a menu and she was like, oh, like, you know, the director or whatever is offering you a drink what would you like and I was just like oh that's so sweet um so yeah I had a what did I have it was that drink um it was that whiskey drink with the bitters the orange bitters I'm trying to remember it now it'll come back to me Angostura bitters or something but it was like a cocktail you know and uh yeah, it was amazing just to sit there and listen to the piano for an hour and relax. And, and there was a library there as well. So I used to like take out these explorer books and just educate myself about the major feats that happened there. And just amazing. Oh, amazing, guys. Absolutely amazing. So the other place we landed was Portal Point and we got to do like a hike there. And the minute I landed there, like that, that was actually part of the peninsula of Antarctica. And loads of us, when we landed, we like got down on our hands and knees and like, well, I did anyway, and kissed the ground, you know. I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm here. And then after I walked up like this kind of mound. So like the other places we visited were like islands, but this was actually part of the continent. So it was amazing to reach there. And kind of walked up this mound, kind of a hill. And then when we got to the top, they were like, okay, you can slide down now the next bit and you can hike along a bit more. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So um, I kind of like, well, I asked somebody to take a video of me going down like, and I was like, woohoo, let's go down the slide. And I went flying down on my bum all the way down the end. And I was like, I think I'm going to run up again and do it again <laughs> because I'm mad like that and I was like yeah so fun and just being like a child again it was so exciting so much fun and then after so I slid down the Antarctic Peninsula I mean like even saying that I'm like oh my god that's that's amazing I mean did I do that like so cool um and then after I got to hike up the other kind of mound the other hill and I just said you know the guides kind of recommended us to stay on the the pathway because they don't want they didn't want us trekking off into kind of wildlife or nature territory because it's so important that that area stays protected you know Antarctica so I kind of wandered off a little bit onto some rocks and I sat down and I you know crossed my legs and I just decided to do a small meditation and just I'll I'll just never forget that moment because I sat in the rocks I looked back one of the guides saw me and they were just kind of like they gave me the nod they were like you're grand because like I wasn't doing anything you know I was literally just trying to take in everything you know because we had like you know maybe two hours on there and I was just like I just need to take this in and sometimes if you're going around rushing and stuff you, you can't properly digest everything so like I just sat there I was watching I could see our ship on the harbour I could see whales in the distance. I could see all the broken icebergs. I could see ice calving. I, uh, I was like, I, I couldn't have asked for a more blissful moment. And I just sat there with my breath and my presence and took it all in. And I'll never forget it, like, you know, and 
And to this day, I'm so grateful that I took those moments to fully appreciate it because life passes, life goes by and you have to stop, like, you know, like us as a human race. We're flying around like there's some kind of a race on, you know. We're flying here, we're flying there, doing this, doing that. And we forget to be, you know, we do, like... And I know it's hard because, like, everybody's doing stuff all the time and I've been a culprit of this as well, like, do, do, do. But, like, there are many parts to us, you know. We we are human doings, human beings, human thinking, human feelings, so... They normally say we spend our time doing, thinking and feeling and we spend the least being, you know. That's why nature is so important because it teaches you to be, you know. So that's one little note for the day. Uh, Watch nature and watch how she is. She just is. And it's complete perfection, imperfection in a way, you know. And it's so beautiful, so raw, so untouched, so natural and... Yeah, that was just the most beautiful moment. And thank you to the guide who left me there and allowed me to go off, you know, off kind of course a little bit. But, you know, I was safe and I wasn't doing any harm, you know. So another thing as well we did as kind of a celebration, we had a barbecue down in the the southern continent. Um, so the lads in the kitchen, the most amazing staff, they were just so lovely. Every day I'd get up and we'd be laughing, we'd be smiling, we'd be singing. Oh, I had the best crack. Uh, they were having a barbecue outside the back and I'll never forget it like oh my god all the dishes like oh, just and you know as well when you're in like a place like that freezing a lot of the time you're like oh give me fuel give me like give me fuel give me good food give me calorie rich food so it was just so delicious and just like the most amazing cakes as well like big huge like apple kind of crumbles and pavlovas and oh just divine like fudge cakes <laughs> all of it sure I could barely fit in my clothes after <laughs> oh my god sure we were all on diets by the end of it like I was I was obviously I work out anyways you know but that's for my mental health mostly but uh, it was just funny because I was like oh my god like we were all trying to use the gym bikes and everything it was so funny um yeah so the barbecue was amazing and we had like music playing in the back we had like green tea it was just lovely and um amazing crack amazing and yeah another thing as well which was funny was a lot of people then when the seas got a bit rough um they took like you know seasickness tablets but if you've heard my caribbean sailing i don't do tablets so i didn't take any but like at one point all right i was like are we actually safe like because it's quite rough you know like I don't know it was a five meter swells or something and one of the guys was like yeah you know we're like you know seven out of ten maybe I was like really (laughs) and it was really cool as well we got to go up to the captain's kind of area so like we had the opportunity to go in and and I did take the opportunity and I went up to the deck and I went in and I saw you know, the captain and the crew, and that was really cool, and it was really appreciated that we were able to get that personal intimate with the crew and see what was going on up front, and so class. Like, I used to go up and watch the whales from the front, basically, windows of the ship, and it was incredible, absolutely incredible. And I I barely, not that I didn't sleep there, but my sleep was short because, like, I was like... You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I can manage on a bit less sleep and take more in. So, like, I'd get up super early in the morning, go up to the top deck, I'd watch the whales, and, like, there'd be nobody up there. Maybe one other person might come up and I'd do some yoga up there, and I was just, like... (gasps) 
like seriously like having that to yourself is just profound it's just profound like uh, nothing can describe it and, and and just watching the sunrise and the icebergs and the, the mountains and it's like it's just like what like is this real uh, mother earth you are amazing and you begin to feel like it as well you begin to feel that vastness that beauty that grandeur that you just oh, you just you just come way out of your head you know because as a species we live in our heads most of the time and the culture we've built we've live in our heads a lot you know and going down there I was just like wow like the vastness of all of this is just like making me like in in pure expansion and just oh just like incredibly incredible so yeah so I used to get up for the sunrises and then you'd see the sunsets up there as well but yeah amazing guys an amazing experience I could actually talk forever about Antarctica because it is you know the most pristine place on this planet where humans didn't reside until recently um but yeah I'm going to actually do another episode so that'll be great and talk a bit more about um the other areas I visited such as South Georgia, Grytviken which was a whaling station super super interesting place and and the history of the whaling down there incredible I think that's why we need to really appreciate the whales um that we do have now in our waters um, because we've done a lot of destruction to our seas and to the beautiful species and they don't deserve it. Um, so hopefully I can shine a bit of light on that and a bit of awareness about what I learned and the ships I got to see where they would, you know, pull in all the whales, you know, just crazy, crazy history there of brutality and um, marine species kind of hunting and all of that. And it, and it still is going on, you know, we still are doing that. Um, so hopefully um by talking about it and, and making it you know growing awareness in this area that we can become more educated and understand that it's it's not right you know we we, we all deserve to be here on the planet and we deserve to share it so guys as a kind of finishing um the past week has been like amazing like in terms of um the book and, and, and the podcast and everything I've had great growth and um challenges also because you know it's a lot of it is uh, new to me um and a lot of extra kind of jobs that I'm trying to manage along with giving back to the earth um but I had an interview on 96FM last week and that's on Spotify now and you can find it on my Instagram as well the link is there I had a great interview with PJ Coogan and it was so lovely to come on air um, and just express, um, yeah, talk about my experiences and, and, and spread again the message and the word about the planet. Um, also was doing some bee inspections this week, super cool, looking into the hive, witnessing the, the bees in action and learning and learning and learning and, and sharing. And also, well, it's Friday, so uh, tomorrow, well, today probably when you hear this is going to be today um the 7th uh, i'm doing a, another bee inspection down in hive mind uh the, the company for honey bee conservation so we're going to do an experience down there we get to learn on about bees and honey and all of it so i'm excited for that and if you want to do it you can look up their company and, and book in and do a tour with them um, also Saturday the 8th of May I'm doing a, another little book tour signing so I'll be down in the Gary Vaux Beach um, again east kind of Cork 
and I'll be up next to the Seahorse Coffee Box. I'm so excited to meet them as well. Another local business. And again, it's by the beautiful nature, so what better place? And a final thank you, like, to everybody who came to Ballybranigan last week. It was amazing. Um, I was down there with Neve's Larder, Neve, uh, Neve Hegarty's business, and it was just fabulous, like, to overlook the ocean, all the people that came, um, and people really happy with the book. So I'm happy, you're happy, we're all happy, and the planet is having more awareness, um, and we're looking after our Earth better, so that's fabulous. Um and yeah guys and just yeah I guess my final thanks to the patrons who are supporting the podcast and my mission and I I am just super grateful thank you again to Anna for signing up as always it's um the podcasts are free and um I put it out there for the public um to share all of this and I I do appreciate the support and, you know, it's it's helping me to spread the message further and to continue this work and grow it and grow it and grow it. And, yeah, obviously um, it's helping me to survive as well and, and look after the earth and buy my seeds and buy my, my animal feed and all of that. So thank you to everybody there. And I'm so glad to share all these important and valuable messages with you and spread light on the planet so guys have an amazing day Uh, i look forward to talk with you again and um as always keep shining and uh keep in touch with nature and i'll talk to you all soon bye guys see you soon ciao